And so these four lessons that we're going to go through in the next four weeks are, are going to help us to get our minds and our eyes off of all this going on around us that confuses us, that makes us anxious, um, or it's hard to plan anything. And, and we're going to look to God because we do know this. God has not changed at all. And God is in control, and he's got authority, and he's got power and dominion, and he cares for us, and he loves us, and he's faithful. And we need to remember these things right now. We need to remember who God is. And hopefully this will really encourage all of us and help us uh, tremendously. And we're going to start in Psalm 46 today. And I want to encourage you, if you have your cell phone, maybe you have a Bible app, um, maybe you version on the Bible or Bible Gateway, or if you have a regular old physical Bible where you can turn the pages and find this, I really want to encourage you to follow along with us. I love uh, reading a lot of scripture. I give us a lot of scripture to, to look at because I believe that what you're going to remember and what I'm going to remember is not what I say or what the preacher says, but it's what God says in his word. And that's what you can stand confidently on. And that's what you're going to remember. And that's why I love looking at a lot of scripture. I've gone to the Psalms a lot lately because the Psalms uh, express a lot of emotion and a lot of feelings. Um, it's hard to know exactly what to pray these days. It's hard to know exactly what to expect, but we can express our thoughts. We can express our feelings to God, and we know God listens. And, and here in Psalm 46, we, we, we can see some of these things that, that maybe we've been sensing lately. And let's begin in verse 1, where here the psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. And you get the feeling here that this psalmist had seen some pretty disturbing things. And I think he's reminding himself even of who God is. And I think it's good to remind ourselves of these things, that God is here. God is ever-present, even though these crazy things uh, may be happening around us. Let's remember that. Verse 4, he says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. Obviously, a lot of turmoil was going on in this time as it is today. He says, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. So God was involved in, in, in doing these things and settling disputes. And God was not uh, just hands off during these times. It says, he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and he shatters the spear. He burns the shields, or some versions may say the chariots, with fire. And here's what we're going to focus in on, this verse 10. 
He says, this is God, he says, be still, be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And this is the theme of today, for us to take this and to listen to these words and for us to, to be still, quiet ourselves, quiet our minds, and know that God is God. God's alive. God is powerful. God is mighty. And God has authority. And we need to be more aware of that now than ever before. A um, little demonstration for us today. All right. How do we be still and know that God is God? All right. My wife doesn't know I'm going to do this. Hopefully I won't burn the house down there in another room watching service. So I can do this. Uh, so this is fire. Yes. Um, we see this all the time. It's a match. I don't think any of you are very uh, awed about that. It's about to burn my finger. It's getting hot. Okay. So I believe that most of us have lost our awareness of how incredible what I just did was because we're so used to it happening all the time. Do you know, I'm going to read this because I'm not a, a scientist. Uh, David Johnson out there knows exactly what just happens. But for all of us, other people who may not know, let me tell you what I just did. That fire started with a, a flammable or combustible material in combination with a sufficient quantity of an oxidizer, which was the oxygen gas that surrounded it, and other oxygen-rich compound is exposed to a source of heat or ambient temperature above the flashpoint for the fuel oxidizer mix and has and is able to sustain a rate of rapid oxidation that produces a chain reaction that is commonly called the fire tetrahedron. Tetrahedron. Fire cannot exist without all these elements in place and in the right perform, uh, proportions. And once ignited, this chain reaction um, must take place whereby fires can sustain their own heat and further the release of heat energy in the process of combustion and may propagate, provided there is a continuous supply of an oxidizer and fuel and the gravity plays a role in this. It's a chemical reaction of combustion. What we just saw is amazing. It's incredible what just happened. This wood changed. It's compound. Now it's just it's ashes. It's different. And, and we just witnessed that. But none of us were probably thinking that was, is what's happening when that fire happens, when that fire, all that was going on. We just saw a match. Um, Kevin, what in the world are you doing? What are you talking about? There is so much that we see that we take for granted, don't we? Uh, when we turn on the television, I mean, I don't understand how all that works all the science and technology to, to 
get everything working. Our computers, I mean, we just turn stuff on. We go out and crank up our cars and drive. And there, there are explosions going on in this engine to make the pistons run and the cars. But we don't think about that. We are not in awe of that. We just want to make sure the air conditioner works and we don't have a flat tire. Uh, I remember there was some comedian, um, I think it was Jim Gaffigan, maybe. He was, he was doing a, a sketch about this and how how spoiled we are. We get on airplanes, airplanes, and we're at 30, 35,000 feet above the ground flying in, in thousands and thousands of pounds of metal, and we're sitting there worried about if the Wi-Fi is going to work. And then the comedian was like, for the entire flight, everyone should be going, oh, we're in the air. This is incredible. This is miraculous. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the way we are with God. We forget who God is. We forget what God is doing all around us all the time. And we just get irritated when everyday mundane things happen in our life. And we forget to be still and know that God is God. It's time for us to be still. It's time for us to see the fire for what it is. It's time for us to see that we're flying at 30,000 feet. It's time for us once again to be in awe of who God is. And there's so many attributes about God. There's so many relational attributes that that we talk about, and, and, and we will talk about some of those in this series, but there are some just principal primary properties, if you will, uh, attributes of God, these foundational elements of who he is that we must understand first. And these will give us confidence in our life in knowing who God is. God has authority. He's in charge. He is in charge of what? Of everything. Start reading your Bible, Genesis chapter 1. God said, let there be light. His words have authority. He spoke creation into existence. He spoke it, and it was. He created isn't that amazing to think about? Isn't that amazing to, to be still and consider something coming from nothing? Something coming from nothing. Order coming out of chaos. God has all power. God is not dead. God is not inactive. God lives. God knows everything that's going on. I want to talk about three things today for us to remember and reflect on that will help us have security in our life knowing that God is God. Number one, God is omnipotent. God is omnipotent. That's not a word we use all that much. It's a, it's a word really associated only with God. God omnipotence over what is omnipotence? Omnipotence is being almighty over everything, having unlimited and infinite power 
and authority. I mean, think about that for a minute. Unlimited power. There's nothing that God cannot do. He has ultimate authority over what? Over everything. I think it'll, it'll give us a lot of confidence just knowing and remembering that God has this authority. What we're going to do, I'm going to look at some scriptures here today. And we're going to look at Jesus. Because I believe, and as, and as Christians, we believe, we know that, that Jesus is the epitome of God. He is God in the flesh. He's going to show us this authority of God in his actions. And we're going to look at, everything we look at today is going to come from Jesus uh, in Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. So this is the New Testament. Turn on over there, Mark 4, verse 35. And we're going to look at one instance, and I, and I tell you, the entire Bible is full of, of God's omnipotence and his authority uh, and his power. Um, but here, let's just look at this one instance that demonstrates the authority, the omnipotence of God through Jesus Christ. Mark 4, 35. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. They're going over the other side of the lake, leaving the crowd behind. They took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also others in the boat with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat. So they were nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Jesus got up. He rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I just love this story. I mean, can you imagine being one of the disciples in the boat and witnessing this. And they had seen Jesus have the authority and, and speak with authority to people, uh, to the Pharisees and speak these strong words. But now Jesus is speaking to creation itself, to, to nature, to the winds, to the waves. So it's not just, hey, you people be still and know that I'm God. He says, you waves, you wind, be still. God has authority over his creation. Jesus has authority over his creation. That's what a miracle is, isn't it? These laws of nature that only can be broken by God himself because God made them. We can't break the laws of nature because they're, they're, they're not made by man. Jesus has authority over all of creation, all laws, over all of nature. He has authority over demons. We see that in the scriptures, don't we? He tells the demons, hey, you get out of here, and they have to obey. God has authority over Satan. Satan can't do whatever he wants to do. God is in control. God has authority. He has authority over the winds and the waves. You know what he has authority over? He has authority over little bitty viruses. He has authority. He has authority over nations. He, he does have authority over people. He could tell any, anybody to do something, and we would have to do it. Now, we won't get into all of that, 
because God does give us choice. He chooses not to exercise that authority and lets us make our own choice. So we do understand that, but God has authority over everything. We need to be still and remember that. There's nothing going on that God can't change or can't do. There's no sickness. There's no virus. There's no nation. There's no war. There's no terrorism. There's, there's no politician. There's, no, there's nothing going on that God does not have authority over. And to me, that is very comforting to know that God has authority. Number two, God is omniscient. Another word, we don't use that often. Omniscience. What is omniscience? Well, it's not just having authority. It's having complete or unlimited knowledge, awareness, or understanding. It's perceiving all things. And I know as dads, we want our kids to think that we know everything, but no, we're not omniscient. <laughs> God knows everything. He has complete, unlimited knowledge. Let's look in John chapter 1, an example we see of Jesus showing his omniscience. John 1 and verse 43. Jesus decides to leave for Galilee. And this is the beginning, in the beginning parts of his ministry. And it says he finds Philip, and he says to Philip, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael. And he told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Then he added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. I could have chosen a lot of things to, to read today to talk about God's omniscience. But here's a specific example of Nathaniel, who did not know Jesus. Jesus did not know him in person, but Jesus already knew everything about him. He said, I saw you. What did that mean? I know you. And there's something in Nathaniel that, that he, he saw that Jesus already had a connection, already had an understanding about what was going on in Nathaniel's life. He was floored. It convinced him he was the Messiah. He's like, wow, I've never had anybody get me like this or see me like this, but you did. You know me. Maybe you've had 
some times like this in your life. And God works this way. And, and, and I cannot tell you how many times after a sermon or, or after a, some discussion we have, someone will come that I've never met before. And they'll come up to me and says, did so-and-so tell you I was coming to church? Did so-and-so tell you that I was going through this and going through that? And I had never met them before, but, but God was speaking directly to the hearts of this person. God is saying, I know you. God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows it makes us tick. He knows what our hearts truly long for. He knows what we're truly created for. Jesus knows everything. He perceives everything. We may see things right here. Jesus sees the whole picture. He understands. He understands. That gives me comfort because I get confused a lot. Don't you guys? I don't know how to interpret everything, but I do know that God's got it all figured out and God's got a plan and God understands and God understands me and my kids and my wife and the church and my friends. God knows them and he knows me. The omniscience of God, the omniscience of Jesus Christ. Have one more omni word for us today. Omnipresent, omnipresent. What does that mean? Well, this is the one that kind of blows our mind, and for me, more than anything else. That God is present everywhere at the same time and all of the time. Be still and think about that one for a couple of minutes. It's hard to grasp, and you won't be able to. I can't. Jesus says that, doesn't he? In the Great Commission, he says, yes, I have authority. And he gives them something to do. Look in Matthew 28. I'm not going to read that scripture together. And he says, I will be with you always. I will be with you always to the very end of the age. There there's several scriptures that, that speak about this omnipresence of God. Um, I love John chapter one, that that. Those first few verses always just kind of blow my mind a little bit. That in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And you try to figure out He being Jesus and what the Word, this Logos is, and the difference between God. And this is where we get that, that uh, Trinity doctrine of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God being one and there was never one without the other. It's not like there was God and then the came. Jesus next, they were always together, and, and they have been for all times. Jesus says this in John chapter 8, and let's look at this one example again. We can look at many, many examples throughout the scriptures that demonstrate this omnipresence of God. John 8 verse 52 Some people are pretty upset with Jesus, some of the things he was doing. And was saying, and they say that he's demon possessed. We know you're demon possessed. As he was talking about Abraham and they thought Jesus was crazy. He says, Abraham died. And so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died. And so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? 
Here's what Jesus says. If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father whom you claim as your God is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do not, but I do know him. I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You're not 50 years old, they said to him. And you've seen, you've seen Abraham? They don't get it. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. You see, Jesus was trying to explain, and he knew they weren't going to get it. He was trying to explain his existence, that he always was, he is, and he always will be. And he exists in a very different way than, than the way we think. And, and I was going to try to play a little video or something about time and how time is relative. And it, it just starts blowing my mind. I mean, time is so different depending on how fast we're traveling and, you know, all this time travel stuff. We watched uh, Back to the Future with the kids of the day and start thinking about going back in time. And this, but, but God exists in a different plane than we think of. We think so chronologically. And, and, and Jesus is and was and will be, and he's everywhere. He's with me right here. He's with you right now. He is all over the place. We just have to be aware of him being with us. Um, you know, I was with a friend yesterday who's pretty young in his faith. He's not a young person, but he's young in his faith. And he's been praying and been experiencing his faith in new ways. And, and just, uh, just a week or two ago, he, he had this breakthrough in his faith. And he, he came to a greater awareness of the presence of Jesus in his daily life. And it hit him. It struck him. It's not that Jesus hasn't been there before, but he became very aware. And he dropped to his knees in his office and just overwhelmed with tears and with gratitude and with joy, just knowing that Jesus was right there with him. That's the reality of God. We're not just waiting to see God. We're not just waiting to see Jesus, that Jesus is with us now. He's everywhere at all time and at the same time. It's hard to understand. As I teach my kids about faith, you know, these things that are far beyond us can frustrate us because we want to know, how does it work? I want to figure it all out. It can get frustrating, but the ways of God are the ways of God, and they're so far beyond us and what they should do. And God's given us so much evidence, and he's given us Jesus, and he's shown us miracles, and he's working in our hearts, but they should faithfully fascinate us. Faithfully fascinate us. And we're going to close here in Psalm 139. When David here is, is crying out, when he understands that God is God and God is omnipotent and God is omniscient and God is omnipresent and his ways are so far beyond us. He doesn't necessarily have to figure it all out, but he can rest assured 
that God does have it figured it all out and he can trust in him. And brothers and sisters, that is what we need today more than ever before. Psalm 139. Look at what David says here. He says, you've searched me, Lord, and you what? You know me. You know everything. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You know everything. You know what's going to happen. You know what did happen. You know it all. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Guys, we're never going to understand everything about God. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? We can't because God is everywhere. If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise in the wings of the dawn, I, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. You see, when we understand this and we are striving to live faithfully to God, all of these facts are so comforting and so assuring. Now, the opposite's true if we're running away from God, if we're afraid, if, we're, if we know we're not living faithfully to the Lord, and yet we still believe in him, then we're afraid. Oh, God sees everything. Oh, no. And, and if that's where you are, it's time to stop running away from God. This is meant to comfort us because God is looking out for us. And we're going we're gonna to look at those scriptures about how God cares for us and how God works to bring about good for his people, his faithful ones, throughout all, all situations. What does this mean for us? When we are still, we remember, when we acknowledge the overwhelming reality of the presence of God and his mighty power in our daily lives, it humbles us. Oh, it humbles us in such a good way. Like my friend who who's fell on his knees in his office of the day, it humbles us. And it's so amazing when we get to hear these experiences. When you get to experience this, when you get to get in the presence of God with that awareness, it is so tremendous and so powerful. It makes life's worries seem so small, doesn't it? Knowing that God has authority over all things. And it helps us to live with courage and live with confidence. We never have to ask, is God with me? Of course he is. We ask, am I aware of God's presence in my life? 3,000 years ago, About 3,000 years ago, a man named Moses saw a flame in the distance, and it didn't burn the bush that was lit. In that bush was the revealed presence of God. God revealed himself in his presence to Moses. And Moses became aware and the place was holy and he had a job to do and to free the people and he didn't know how he was going to do it. And he said, I, I can't speak and I, they're not going to listen to me. And, 
It had nothing to do with Moses. It had everything to do with the presence of God. God has not changed. God's presence is alive as well. His presence is here with us. Are we going to see that flame? Are we going to be in awe of who God is? God lives. God cares. God is working. God is faithful. I hope everyone will tune in on Wednesday night as we get to discuss these things, these attributes of God and how it does affect our daily lives. Let's pray together. Then we're going to close with a, a special message from the Bernardos and a really awesome song that I think will really encourage you here today. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this message. Thank you so much for your words. Thank you for your power, your authority, your, your um, how you know us and you perceive everything. God, um, God, how you're everywhere all the time and at the same time. And God, while your ways are so far beyond our ways, God, let us be still today. Let us remember who you are. Let us worship you. Let us serve you and bow to you in your presence today. Be with us with all of our struggles, with all of our insecurities and anxieties, and know that, God, you are in charge. And um, we put our trust in you. Uh, we pray all these in Jesus' holy name. Amen.